0: Does God take bribes? Can you change God's mind? In chapter number 10, verse number 17, it says, This God who is great and powerful, almighty and awesome, He does not show any favor, nor does he take any bribes. Now, if he does not show favor, why must he say he does not take bribes? So, Rashi explains that there are times he does take favor or show favor, as we say in the priestly blessings. However, it's only if you remove your yoke from yourself... You remove God's yoke from yourself, then God does not show you favor. But if not, he will show you favor. But Shuikad, which is bribery, he does not take your money, you cannot bribe him. This is the simple interpretation according to Pshat for this verse. What is remez and Drush and soy and What is the hint for the future? The Rambam says that in the end of days the Jewish people will do tshuva and when they do tshuva when they repent immediately they are going to be redeemed. There is no doubt we are living in a generation of tremendous return. The generation of the bal tshuva how people are returning to almighty God. This alone is one of the signs that we are about to see the coming of Mashiach. I tell a story that a number of years ago I was in Israel for a bar mitzvah and I was sitting next to a fellow who tells me, Rabbi, you should know, I'm an undercover Lubavitcher. I say, what do you mean an undercover Lubavitcher? He says, I used to work on Wall Street and I had no idea about Yiddishkeit. And one day, I see a mitzvah tank. And there are kids running around and pulling me, come, put on tefillin. I tell the kid, look, I'll give you a dollar. Buy yourself a Coca-Cola. Stop bothering me. He says, no, I don't want your dollar. I want you to put on tefillin. I say, this kid is really good. He's good. I should get him to work for me. And, okay, kid, I'll give you five bucks. Have a good day. He says, no, I don't want your money. I want you to put on tefillin. Tefillin wants tefillin. He pulls me onto the Mitzvah tank, he rolls up my sleeve, he puts on a tefillin, we begin to say Shema Yisrael together, and the floodgates open up. I begin to cry. I'm crying like a baby. I have no idea why I'm crying. I just started to cry. Something opened up inside of me with that tefillin. From that moment, I decided I have to find out my roots. I need to know who I am, where I came from. And I began to learn Torah a little bit every day. It didn't happen overnight, but over the next few months, a big transformation. And eventually, he says, I moved with my wife and my children to Israel. We made Aliyah. And today, he says, I'm an undercover labavitcher." This is the concept of tshuva, the concept of return, to return back to your roots. When we do this, Mashiach will come. The Rambam says that one should always view the world on a scale of 50% good, 50% bad. One good deed, one little mitzvah can tip the scale to salvation. What is drush? What is the homiletics? We just established that God does not take bribes. But in truth, he does take bribes. The Medrash says the following... The Medrash says you should know what is God's bribes is tshuva. When a person does tshuva a masam he returns to God. He regrets his past. He asks God for forgiveness. This is tshuva. God tells the Jewish people. God tells the world. Until the gates of tshuva are opened, you can do tshuva. However, in the world to come, in paradise, the gates of tshuva are closed, it is too late to do tshuva. In other words, tshuva is God's bribery. If you want to bribe God, how do you bribe God? Through repentance. Through repentance, you can do tshuva. To elaborate, the Rambam says, in his commentary to the Mishnah. If a person has 1,000 good deeds, and then he has one bad sin, so God will reward you for the 1,000 good deeds, and punish you for that one sin. We don't exchange. You can't give a good deed for the bad deed, and say, God, look, I'll bribe you. Take away one mitzvah, and let that cover over the sin and shalom a peace upon the Jewish people no the mitzvah is a mitzvah the sin is the sin however if a person does tshuva, if you repent then God wipes away the sin comes the question to mind the obvious question how can God take a bribe? In his Torah he commands us, do not take bribes. And what God commands us in his Torah, he follows. As it says, Magi Devara of 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 Israel. What he commands the Jewish people to do, that's what he does. So how can God take a bribe? So let us understand over here what the meaning of chuva is and how this is synonymous with a bribe. When a person sins and they do tshuva, sometimes there are remnants that remain after the sin. In other words, you take a piece of paper and you write down a few words. After you write down those words, you take an eraser and you erase those words. Even after you erase the words, many times there is still a remnant of those words on the paper. And the same is true with tshuva. Even though we can repent, we can return to God for the sin, but very often there are remnants that remain Scars that remain on the paper of life, of our sins. How does one remove all of these scars? How does one remove all of these remnants? That is through a tshuva mulah, That is through a higher level of tshuva, which is called repentance from love. If one returns to God only out of fear, it's not a complete tshuva. Comes along the medrash. And teaches us that if we do tshuva through Torah law, following the rules and regulations of tshuva, then that is God's bribery. In other words, then God will wipe away all of our sin. What is tshuva according to halacha? What is tshuva according to law? Basically, it's two steps. Number one is to forsake the sin, relinquish the sin, to regret what you did and say to God, I apologize, I'm sorry, I'll never do it again. That is the concept of tshuva in halacha. And when you do these steps, number one, you relinquish your sin. And number two, you resolve never to do it again in the future. This is enough To be God's bribery and by doing so you are removing all of these remnants and these scars of the sin. Now when it comes to a human court, a court of judges of flesh and blood, we say that the judge can only give a verdict according to what he sees. As it says, A judge can only give a sentencing based on what he sees. And because of this, for example, in Jewish law, if a person kills another person, or a person violates the Shabbos, which is a capital crime, and therefore will be liable to the death penalty, in the time of the Holy Temple, even while the person was sitting in the prison cell, and they had remorse. And they did chuva. And they said to God, we're never going to do this again. And we're sorry. We apologize. It would not help. That person was then stoned to death or, or put to death because of their sin. Because the judge does not know what you have in your heart. Comes along the Torah and says that God is not a human judge. God sees what you have in your heart. And therefore, if a person goes through the steps of Torah, goes through the steps of halacha, of Jewish law, of how one is supposed to do tshuva, they follow the prescribed medication of how to repent, then that is God's bribery. That is the way God says, even though you didn't yet do tshuva from love, I will wipe away all of your sins. I will erase it totally. There will be no remnant or reminder in paradise and in your day of judgment that you ever violated this sin. This is the concept according to Drush, according to Aloha. What is Soid? What does the esoteric say about shuvah? The Alter Rebbe tells us in Tanya that the word shuva is tashuv, Hey. Tshuva means to return the letter Hey. What does Chuva have to do with the letter Hey? So we find that in Kabbalah it says, when God created the world, he created the world with the letter Hey. And as the Rebbe elaborates in Tanya, a beautiful parable. You have a wise, wise teacher. You have a brilliant scientist. And you tell this brilliant scientist, I want you to take all of your wisdom, all of your knowledge, all of your experiences, and I want you to encapsulate it into one letter. One letter that will represent who you are, where you come from, what you're doing, what your philosophy is. Can you do it? It's almost impossible. This is what God did when he created the world. That is called Tsimtsum, the power of contraction. He took everything and put it into one letter, the letter He. He said, Ha. And from the Ha, the entire world was created. So now this is God's energy. This is God's power. This is God's entire life and essence. God gives us every day another day to live, potential to do good. And sometimes we squander this, this life. We take this gift of opportunity and we waste it. We throw it out the window. Instead of using the opportunity to study Torah and to give charity and to help people and to make the world a better place, we waste it on narcissistic desires. And so you take the letter hey, and you cause it to descend into a cesspool. You take the letter A and you put it into a dark place. So what is tshuva? Tshuva is to take this letter hay and to return it back to its source. Toshuva, hey, take God's energy and return it back to God and say, God, I will now use this energy, this blessing, this additional day of life that you have given me to make the world a better place because ani loy nevresi for I was only created to serve you. My whole purpose of my creation is to serve you. So this is tshuva, the realization of why I'm here. And to return this energy back to Almighty God. What does Chasidis say? <clears throat> the concept of tshuva is similar to a birth. Conception and nativity. What happens at conception? There's a seminal drop. A seminal drop is emitted, and now it is conceived. Over the next few months, it develops. First 40 days, and then the first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, and then a complete child is born. The same is true with tshuva. The Rambam tells us, what is Chuva. I'm going to quote here what the Rambam says in chapter 2 of the laws of tshuva. He says, the path of tshuva is that the person who returns to God should call out and scream out constantly before God with crying and remorse and to give charity according to his capacity or her capacity. And to distance themselves very far from that sin. From that place of sin. Furthermore says the Rambam. Um and to change your name. In other words. Ani I am a different person. The ish, I'm not that person. Who did those terrible things. And you continue to change your actions completely. To good. And your entire path becomes a path of righteousness. And you exile yourself to a new place. So in other words, says the Rambam, the ultimate level of tshuva is to change your name and change your residence. I am not that person anymore. I'm somebody else. If that is the case, how can one do tshuva simply by the fact that they say, God, I'm sorry for what I did. I regret my past. The Rambam says the real level of truth is you need to change your name, you need to be a different person, that your actions now are totally transformed. And this is where God's bribery comes in. God can see the future at the moment of conception, the moment the person decides that I want to change. God already sees that transformation all the way as the end result, already after the child is born, after the nativity. In other words, in tshuva, there are two aspects. We call it the heftza and the gavra. We call it the mechanical or utilitarian part of tshuva and the emotional part of tshuva. The first part is, again, I go through the laws, I go through the steps. Number one, I regret the past. I relinquish my sin. I resolve never to do it again. I articulate the sin. I apologize to God. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. I'm sorry I violated your law. I'm sorry I did not listen to you. I wasted my time. From now on, I'm a a different person. I'm going to be better. Okay. That is the mechanical part of tshuva. And then you have the additional part of chuva, that the entire person now is transformed. The way you talk, the way you walk, the way you act. Who's that person? I don't even remember that person. I remember that person twenty years ago. They were crazy, they were wild, they were nuts, they were insensitive. Wow! That's a new person. You're a changed individual. That is the real content of tshuva. But it takes time. To get from step A to step Z. Says God, I see your transformation. I see your path. The moment you resolve to do tshuva, I consider this sheichad. I consider this to be bribery. I will accept it already before you even got there. And that is the meaning of God's sheichad, God accepting our bribery. This, by the way, answers an interesting question. In the prayers of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, there's a famous, famous poem or liturgy known as the Unasana And there we conclude with the words and the entire synagogue calls out in unison, We all call out to say, through tshuva, through repentance, through prayer, and through charity, God averts the severity of the decree. Now the Masha asks, the Rambam tells us, and the Medrash tells us, and the Gemara tells us, that the real level of tshuva is also to change your name, also to change your place. That is the real level of tshuva. As the Rambam says, that the person calls out and says, I am not that person anymore. So why don't we say this in the unasana But the answer is, as we said earlier, there's the mechanical part and the emotional part. We are dealing here with the first stage of tshuva, which is the mechanical part. Yes, I did tshuva, I relinquished my sin, I regret it, I won't do it again. And therefore, my prayer is I'm calling out to God to forgive me. And I'm changing my actions of tshudaka, but... I still did not change my name. In other words, I wasn't totally transformed yet. Because one who is totally transformed, you don't have to avert the decree. It's a different address. There's no more decree. We know that when a person is very sick, God forbid, we give that person a new name. What's the person of a new name? The idea of giving that person a new name is with telling the with telling the Angel of Death, that guy who lives at one 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 Yehoped Street, he moved. He's not there anymore. <laughs> that guy you're looking for, Goldberg, he doesn't exist anymore. His name is now Shmerel. It's a new person. You're looking for the wrong guy. So even if you show up at that address and he opens the door, you're looking for me. I'm not here anymore. There's somebody else living in my place. So that's the higher level of tshuva. But even without getting to that higher level of tshuva, just the mechanical level of tshuva, that is enough to avert the severity of the decree. And that is why the Medrash tells us that what is God's bribery, tshuva umasim toivim, tshuva, repentance and good deeds. The Medrash is telling us that the ultimate level of tshuva And the ultimate level of this bribery is that after we regret the past, it has an effect on the way we talk, the way we act, and the way we live our daily lives. That the actions, not only the mitzvahs, that we do the 613 commandments, yes, we don't steal, we don't kill, yes, we give charity, yes, we light candles on Shabbos, yes, we put on film every day. But our maizim, our ordinary things, how we do business, how we talk to people. Day-to-day dealings is done in a way that is toivim, is done in a beautiful manner, is done in a way that wow, that person is a new person. That's not the person I knew 20 years ago. Rabbi Moshe New tells the story that... One day he gets a call in his chabad house. The man on the other side of the line says, do you have daily services? He says, yes. What time? 7.45 in the morning. Okay. The next morning the fellow shows up. He never leaves. Every day he's coming. He's diving every single day. One day Rabbi Nu sits down with the fellow and says, tell me your story. I never saw you till now. All of a sudden... You show up every day. And the man began to say, you know, I went to yeshiva tervedas, a famous yeshiva. And then I left Judaism. I left the fold. I moved to Canada. I married a non-Jew. I had children. And that's the way I live my life. One night, I'm watching the TV, satellite, and I see a rabbi come on. The Lubavitcher Rebbe. He's talking and talking and talking. And I become transfixed. Wow, rabbi on TV, I never saw that before. And I listened till the end of the entire And After that, something in my heart started to change. Something in my mind began to turn. I said, this, this, I gotta change my life. But I wasn't sure, maybe, maybe this is baloney. So I said to God, I'm making a deal with you, God. I said, God, I give you 10 days. If you're real, if Torah is real, if this rabbi is real, show me a sign. I give you 10 days. Seven days pass, eight days pass, nine days pass. On the 10th day, he says, I'm taking a shower. And once I'm in the shower, I hear the doorbell ring. But I'm in the shower, I can't get out. So I look out the window from the shower, and I see... A Chabad rabbi there, standing at the door with a black hat, with a bag. Well, I couldn't get to the door. I was in the shower. But I said to myself, this is the sign. God is sending me a sign. Day number 10, a man shows up at my door. A rabbi? I know God exists. And so I picked up the phone. I called the Chabad house. And I said, rabbi, what time is Shachar's tomorrow morning? My dear friends, we are entering into the new year. And it's customary already after the 15th day of the month of Av to wish one another a ksiva a shana mesuka, to be written and inscribed for a happy and healthy sweet new year. And after the month of Av, we enter into the month of Elul. What is the month of Elul? God is in the field. God goes into the field to find us and to ring our doorbell. And we could be in the shower and we could be in the swimming pool, and we could be on the tennis court, but God is coming to you, and he's ringing that doorbell, and reminding you that you matter, that I need you, I need you to come back, I need you to return, I need you to come into the synagogue. And So we hope and pray that each one of us will do our tshuva, will do our proper return. Each one has our own struggles, we have our own challenges, and God knows that. But he's there to hold you by the hand. He's there to pull you back into the fold. And we hope and pray, as the Ramam tells us, that when the Jewish people and the entire world will return to God, miyad immediately we are going to be redeemed. We hope and pray that already before the new year, to see the coming of Mashiach, then heida Amenu, amen.